You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. begin messages in different kinds of ways. So this message, I'm beginning with a definition. And uh, it's for the word fickle. According to the dictionary, it is an adjective. And it means changing frequently, especially as regards one's loyalties, interests, or affection. Synonyms include capricious, changeable, variable, volatile, and my favorite one is mercurial. Fickle is a word that accurately describes many people. Uh, Fickle is not, however, a word that accurately describes God. People are fickle at times. Uh, We have all encountered people who are hot and cold, people who seem to change often, it can be confusing and it can be hurtful to encounter these kinds of people. But even worse, if I'm honest with myself, I have to admit that every one of those synonyms at one time or another in my life could have been applied to me as well. I am certainly changeable and variable and even some of the more negative ones on there as well at times. One of the biggest things that we all struggle with is that we see the way that people act in our lives and then we assume that God must be like us. The Greek gods, for example, Zeus, Athena, they were quite fickle at times. The Greek gods were sort of like amplified versions of human Uh, characteristics, both the good characteristics that we have and our bad characteristics as well. But the God of the Hebrews was different. For, For one thing, there's just one of him. And for another thing, he was creator and he does not change. No matter how often we encounter people who may be nice to us one day and then maybe the next day not be so nice to us, It does not mean that God is like that as well. God's love does not change. God's heart for his people does not change. When our circumstances do change, we often think, oh, God is happy with me or or God is mad at me. We think he has changed his attitude toward us somehow. But the truth is that our circumstances change as a result of our own actions and as a result of the actions of those who are around us, both good and bad. God does not change. He always wants to bless. He always wants to provide. If he allows difficulty to come, it's in order to grow us through testing or trial allowing us to become stronger in our faith. 
But I do understand why people are confused. We all know that God said, you shall not murder. But then we read the story of God calling Abraham to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. But then seemingly, God changes his mind right at the last moment and provides a ram as a substitute sacrifice. Or even in our gospel lesson, at one moment, Jesus is looking up and the Holy Spirit is descending on him like a peaceful dove. And then at the next moment, this same spirit is driving Jesus into the wilderness, allowing him to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. Doesn't it seem like God is mercurial? Maybe God is volatile? Maybe God is capricious? Well, here's what scripture has to say about that. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I used to lay awake on my bed as a child in my bedroom, and I would watch with great interest the shifting shadows that were cast all over my bedroom ceiling and walls. My house was surrounded by maple trees and oak trees, and and the branches and the leaves would cast interesting shadows that were constantly changing as the trees swayed in the breeze. There was also a busy road next to our house, and cars would go down this hill. And as they made their way down the hill, the headlights would uh, cast a changing shadow across the room. Sometimes the shapes would be interesting. Sometimes they would be scary. James says that God is all light, with no shadow, no variation, no change. He's not like shifting shadows. He's not volatile. He's not fickle. He's not human like us in his emotions. Instead, he is the father of lights from whom all good gifts come. God never changed uh, his mind either when he prompted Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. It was a test of faith. Would Abraham obey, even to the point of giving back to God the one gift that only God could provide? Abraham had everything in terms of worldly wealth, animals, servants, silver, The one thing he lacked was a son born to his wife, Sarah. God provided one miraculously, and then 12 years later, to test his faith, he asked for that child back. Would Abraham pass the test? He did, and God provided a substitute sacrifice. And all of this was foreshadowing what would come This unchanging God still takes sin seriously. This unchanging God still hates violence, still hates murder, still hates when people treat others with so little care. God requires a punishment for these kinds of misdeeds. But instead of asking for our lives or the lives of our children, He gave us his only son instead, a substitute for me 
and for you. And God had this in mind, even when he tested Abraham. Many thousands of years ago, he had you in mind, even on that day. James, in his book, is teaching us the difference between test and temptation. A temptation comes from Satan. A temptation comes from our own flesh, our own evil desires. A test, however, comes from God. The goal of a test is to grow our faith, allow us to flex those faith muscles and make them stronger. The goal of a temptation is to cause us to sin, to alienate us from God through disobedience. When Adam and Eve sinned uh, in the garden, what was the first thing that they did? They hid themselves from God. Sin makes us hide from God. People hide when they are ashamed. Think of the criminal who's being carried into the, the jail. Uh, they're hiding their handcuffs. Often a scarf or something is very conveniently located right over where the handcuffs would be on their hands. And, and maybe they're shielding their face from the cameras. So, so I thought a way of illustrating this, this difference between a temptation and a test. This is what a temptation looks like. The ultimate goal of a temptation is to drive a wedge between us and God in order to separate us from Him. But a test looks like this. Now a test also acts like a wedge. But this time the wedge is not between us and God. Now the wedge is between us and the trial, the difficulty that we are going through, and it pushes us toward God. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God tempts no one. God did not even tempt Jesus. He allowed Jesus to be tempted by Satan in order to drive that wedge between Satan and Jesus. To drive Jesus even closer to the Father. In order to prepare him for this beginning of his public ministry in those days after he was baptized. The Greeks had a very advanced culture. Many of you know the history, architecture, philosophy. Athletics, they began the Olympic movement. We all know this. Greece is the first country to march into the Olympics every single time we have the Olympics. Although this year it was a little bit less special. Do, do you know why? <laughs> this is kind of random. We know, uh, Greece marched in first at Pyeongchang, but then all the other first countries also started with G. In their name as well, because the Korean alphabet starts with Ka. So it kind of looked like it, Greece just like they started with G, and, and then Greece did not look so special. <laughs> That's my aside note for the for the message. Well, in addition to all of those things, Greece had temples. They built temples to all of these fickle and emotional gods that they believed in. 
And yet serving those gods with their human-like emotions and their changing loyalties and their shifting alliances, in the end, it did not satisfy those people. People understood that they needed something more, that they needed something better. And deep in their hearts, they hungered for the one true God that does not change. So along comes the New Testament. It was written in Greek as well. Slowly but surely, the Greek-speaking world adopted this new religion and started to get to know this one God that loved the world enough to give up his own son. This Greek was not sophisticated. It was the everyday common language of the people. It wasn't like Homer and uh, the Iliad and all that was written in very beautiful, fancy Greek. But there was no deep mythology, but the people craved the truth. And today, Greece is a Christian nation and has been for many centuries. If there's one thing that I've learned as a parent uh, over the past two years is that children crave stability. They crave routine, something that they can depend on. Children need an environment that they can know that things are not going to suddenly change. It's actually quite harmful to the development of children if the adults in their life are, are acting very differently all the time, or if their environment is always changing. And, and we grown-ups are actually the same way as well. We need a rock in our life. We need something that we can depend on. God is that rock. So whenever we say something like, oh, I think God is mad at me, or when we say, oh, th- oh this thing happened because I skipped church last week, then we're just showing that we still think God is like us, that God is is human in his emotions. But he does not change. His love for you does not change. The sacrifice of his son, as the scripture says, it was a sacrifice that is once and for all. So Abraham showed this kind of complete trust in God. And I would say it was pretty dramatic trust. The stakes were high for him. And God showed complete love for us. Dramatic love. The stakes were equally as high. And this time the ending was different. No ram was stuck over in the brush to be the substitute this time. The price was paid in full. So that we may now have direct access to this Father of lights, this unchanging God, so that when we approach him in prayer, we can say, Our Father. We don't pray to Jesus' Father. We say, Our Father in heaven. Amen. Now may the God of love, may the unchanging God, may the Father of lights, guard our hearts and give us peace which surpasses all understanding. Amen.